بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد ونبي مسعود عقبة بن عمر البدري رضي الله تعالى عنه قال جاء رجل إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال إني لا أتأخر عن صلاة الصبح من أجل فلان مما يطيل بنا فما رأيت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم غضب في موعظة قد أشد مما غضب يومئذ فقال يا أيها الناس إن منكم منفذين فأيكم أما الناس فليوجز فإن من ورائه الكبير والصغير وذا الحاجة متفق عليه This particular incident we began the discussion yesterday Quite interesting that Imam Nawi rahimahullah has brought this particular in incident under this heading Idan Tuhikat Hurumat al-Shara that when the sacred and the sanctified things of Shariat are the, the dignity is not observed Abu Mas'ud Uqba bin Ibn Amr Badri radiallahu anhu is the narrator. He says a person came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yesterday we discussed the various narrations wherein the identity of the one who had come to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was mentioned. Also mentioned that he had come with a complaint. And what was his complaint with regards to tanfir? Tanfir, where Rasulullah said, Bashiru wala tu'assiru wa yassiru wala bashiru wala tunafiru wa yassiru wala tu'assiru. Nabi said, Give people glad tidings in matters of deen. Do not do what is called tanfir. In other words, don't chase people away. And as we mentioned, this chasing away, sometimes it's verbal and sometimes it's by one's actions. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you look at his own Mubarak practice, there were many times or many instances where Rasul-i-Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam opted to forego certain aspects of deen for fear of making things difficult. So difficult that people would abandon deen or they would distance themselves. Now try and appreciate and understand this point that is being made. What Allah's Rasul was doing was mashru, it was part of shariat. It was not just permissible, it was an act of virtue. Yet we find in instances Allah's Rasul would abandon something that was virtuous for fear that this would make things difficult for people or it would turn them off or distance them. Examples of this that ulama Karam give we find that in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in the early instances, uh, when the Kaaba was reconstructed, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was just a young man at that time. The Kuffar of Makkah, Islam hadn't yet come, and the Kuffar of Makkah, they were basically, it was the days of jahiliya, ignorance. Such ignorance was prevalent at the time of the nubuwwat of rasulullah sallallahu that these people would make kaaba make tawaf naked 
that extent of jahalat and ignorance there was. But even amongst them, there was this perception or this much commitment to integrity that they took a decision that we're going to reconstruct the Kaaba after it had been destroyed in floods or whatever it was. They said we're going to reconstruct it, but we're only going to use our permissible earnings. Anything that is not permissible, we are not going to use. So their permissible earnings only allowed them to build the Kaaba with, to such an extent that they had to leave out the section that we call the Hatim. That is why those of us that have been, we are familiar with this. This muzakra is made that when you are making Salah inside the Hatim, you are actually making Salah inside the Kaaba. Even though it is outside the Kaaba and they have a semicircular wall around it to demarcate that area. That area is called the Hatim. It is actually part of the Kaaba. When we say part of the Kaaba, if we look at the Ta'amir of the Kaaba, the reconstruction of the Kaaba that was done ala, ulama has mentioned ala qawa'idi Ibrahim alayhi salam. When Ibrahim and Ismail alayhi salam, that is the great grandfather of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, reconstructed the Kaaba. At that time the Hatim was inside the building of the Kaaba. The kuffar of Makkah in the youth of Rasulullah they left the Hatim section out of the Kaaba because their halal earnings were not sufficient for them to complete that construction with that section included. By the way, at that time there was a dispute broke out with regards to the placement of the Hajar-e-Aswad in the building of the Kaaba. And this already shows us the impression that Nabi Pak had made upon them, even though at that time he had not claimed to be a Nabi of Allah. He was, still, he was still a young man. When this dispute broke out, it got almost to the point where they were going to go into a sword fight to decide who places the Hatim. However, they resolved their difference and they came upon various incidents I mentioned in the book of history. They said, let us see who is the first person that comes in the morning to the Kaaba. The first person that will come will be the one who will decide. And every one of them that night slept with this intention that they will be the first. Yes, yet as was the practice, Allah's Rasul turned out to be the first person. Because every day he would be the first person. So they left the decision in his hands. And Allah's Rasul he said, take a sheet of cloth and the Hajar Asad was placed on it and the leader of each prominent tribe took one corner of the cloth. They raised it and brought it to its actual position where he had to be placed and then it was placed by the Mubarak hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the building of the Kaaba. The reason we mentioning this incident was to illustrate this point that at times Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would abandon something that was part of Shariat for fear that this would create nafrat amongst the people, would or at times would make things deen, would make deen difficult for them. In this instance, because the Hatim was part of the Kaaba ala Qawaidi Ibrahim, part of the Kaaba on the basis of the reconstruction of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam and Ismail alayhi salam. It was always the tamanna in the heart of Rasulullah to extend the actual building of the Kaaba.
to incorporate that section back into the building as it was in the time of Ibrahim alayhi salam. However, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi salam when the conquest of Makkah took place, now Makkah is in the hands of the Muslims. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi is the leader. All he had to do was give the command and the Kaaba would be extended. Yet, this fear came in the heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Kanu hadithi ahdim bil jahiliyya that the ummat, many la- large number of them had only recently accepted Islam. Their connection with the days of jahiliyyah and ignorance was still very strong. So this fear came into the heart of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that if I'm going to interfere with the Kaaba, break the building now, shaitan will put wasawis in their hearts. And this might become a source of fitna which will affect their very iman and their deen because many of them are just new Muslims that strength of iman has not yet come. So because of this, Allah's Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam abandoned this idea of extending the Kaaba. And, and the rahmat and mercy for the ummah today or till qiyamah is that we are given this opportunity of actually performing salah inside the Kaaba. Otherwise that would have been impossible. Whereas, because like we said, the Hatim is part of the Kaaba. Likewise, ulama Ikram mentioned that Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kana yasumu fi safar. It was his Mubarak practice that he would keep nafil roza, nafil fast whilst on a journey. Allah's Rasul sallallahu would keep nafil fast while fast whilst on a journey. When he saw that emulating him, his companions also started fasting whilst on a journey, they did not have the physical and spiritual strength that Rasulullah sallallahu had. So, وَقَدْ شَقَّ عَلَيْهِمُ الصَّوْمِ The fasting became very difficult for them. Some of them even fell unconscious. So, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stopped fasting. Aftara, he made iftar of his fast, لِيُسَهِّلْ عَلَيْهِمْ So that it becomes easy for the Sahaba. So there is an example. This is something that was mashru' not only mashru' virtuous, to fast, to keep nafil fast. Yet, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam abandoned this Mubarak practice for fear that it was making things difficult for the companions who were trying to emulate him. We find like this, there were many, many instances in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where something is shariat, something is deen, something is actually virtuous, but by practicing upon it, it is going to make things difficult for others or create some sort of impediment for others where it was something that was nafil, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam abandoned that. He, 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 he passed on the opportunity of doing those practices for fear that it would make things difficult for the companions. This introduction that I have given is very important for us to try and truly appreciate the message of this particular hadith and what occurred and what was the complaint of the Sahabi and the manner in which Rasulullah dealt with it. Shall I will continue?